I'm Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes, we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners. We are back, and we have some very special guests. And not only are they special guests, but they are in-person guests. They are first in-person guests, and they are very close and near and dear to Ryan and I. So, Ryan, would you like to introduce them? Yes. Please say hello to my nephews. Uh, First up, Parker, say hello. Hi, I'm Parker. And uh, Jack, say hello. Hi, I'm Jack. And they are youths. They are (laughs) way too young, and I don't like it. Um, Getting older by the minute. So we uh, are home for Thanksgiving. Uh, This is going to come out way after Thanksgiving, but we're just putting that out there. We're also kind of, it may sound a little funny, we're running this on uh, two microphones with four people, kind of all around a sofa, so we're going to see how this goes. But... It turned out that we were recording the Chicken Little around the time we were going to be home seeing my family. And of course, I went, well, we have to try and record this with my nephews. Because I know, Parker, I know, has a huge affinity for this film. Yes. Uh, Jack, I'm assuming you like it too since you agreed to do this as well. Yeah. <laughs> they can't They can't see you give a thumbs up, Jack. Just so I know. It's a podcast. <laughs> um, so, Parker, you were... Two. This movie came out in 2005. Oh my gosh, that makes me feel so right. old. <laughs> What's your first memory of watching Chicken Little? Oh. Um, or, or what do you, you know, an early memory. It doesn't have to be the first Or one. like, what do you, yeah, what do you connect with it? Anything of the above. So I kind of connect with it on a lot of different levels. Just, I loved it when I was little. Like I have a list on like Letterboxd and stuff where it's like childhood movies and that's on the top of it. Um... One of my first, like, memories connecting with it is me and my dad used to joke about the, like, the who we talking about thing that his dad does. Um, it, he, like, the, he'll, like, say something, then his dad will say something, then they start doing this thing, and they're like, who we talking about, blah, 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 and me and my dad would do that. And so that's one of the connections I have with that is, like, that kind of joke between us. But I just always kind of loved this movie, like have a deep connection with it. I, I loved just like the concept of them turning like that kind of classic tale into this like more science fiction version of it. I always thought that was really interesting. That's interesting to me because I feel like they never really, like in any of the advertising, they don't go in. Do you know this is an alien invasion movie? I do because I did research. <laughs> oh, okay. Otherwise, I had no idea. So it was it's, a surprising fact yeah, to learn. <laughs> I was watching the making of and they're like, so-and-so play. It's, it's get ready, Fred Willard and Catherine O'Hare as the alien parents. Oh, I'm really excited for and that. And I went... There are alien parents in this movie. Like I had, I had no clue. Um, Jack, you were negative one. Yeah, when this I came out, so. was not alive. But I think our Parker made me watch it very early on. Classic older brother move is <laughs> making me watch the movies that didn't exist when I was. Or wait, you didn't exist. Yeah, that. And um, he he made me watch it a lot. We watched it on. I think I watched it on a road trip for the first time. Yeah, that sounds right to Memphis. And just, uh, I loved it because I loved Chicken Little as a kid. I don't know, like, the actual story as a kid. And then taking that and adding, like, aliens and stuff was just so funny to me. It's just bizarre because it's, like, what they did with it was 
so different. Like it was like, like they had done like obviously like fairy tales before, like Snow White and all that stuff in Disney. And then, well, they'd like, actually done this story before in 1943. They did a, they did a oh. World War yeah. II propaganda film oh with this story. So this is their second time doing Chicken Little. Their second attempt at Chicken Little, <laughs> yes. I guess we should say. Uh, we also connected with it because um, Jack and Dad love the band Bare Naked Ladies, and they have a song in that. And we, we just, oh, okay. I remember yes, we I talked about that. that. Yeah, we're just skipping right over a World War II propaganda. Yep. Okay. Listen, <laughs> listen, there's a lot of that talk in this podcast. Um, do you have any memories of this at all? I've not seen it, okay. so I have no memories. I remember it coming out. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. I'm excited to see it with you guys. This was one of the ones on my list. Uh, this kind of the the three that I was like, is Home on the Range, this, and Meet the Robinsons that we could not find guests for to save our lives. And we enjoyed Home on the Range. Listeners, so, you'll have just heard right, that. Yes. Yeah, so and it, we enjoyed it. I'm hoping coming out of this in our like terrible three bracket, like we're at least two for three liking. Because mm-hmm. I, I assume watching it with you guys who enjoy it, we're going to get something so out of it So have you seen way. it? Hopefully. I have not. And I'll go into that in a sec. Because when okay. it came out, I went, this looks dumb. It was also when they kind of switched over to CG, and I have my opinions on that at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not like it, and when it became, I do remember a very specific memory I have of it is when I would come over and you guys would try to get me to watch it, and I would say, "Can we watch Kung Fu Panda instead?" Because I love Kung Fu Panda, so that was <laughs> That's my pretty great. that was my uh, like. I know they're gonna like it was every time I came over. It was, let's watch a movie, and I'd always, like, slip Kung Fu Panda onto the top of the thing. Like, oh, Kung Fu Panda. I don't I don't think I've seen that one. I remember that. Yeah. 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 time. Like, really tried to convince you guys to watch Kung Fu Panda. One day we'll do Kung Fu Panda on this podcast. Yeah. Great movie. Um, but, uh, no, I haven't seen it. I'm excited to see it, especially with you guys. But uh, let's go into a little bit of the history. Yeah, so it came out in 2005. Uh, sadly, it got a 36% on Rotten Tomatoes, so not a high score. But it made a ton of money. <laughs> yes, it made a huge, huge amount of money. Yes. Uh, 48% on Metacritic, and uh, it was a computer animated comedy. And it's, It was the first fully computer animated movie by Disney Studios. Really? So that's interesting. I read that it was the second fully computer generated film. Dinosaur, Dinosaur was the first. Dinosaur has live action elements, remember? Oh. Oh, yeah. So Look at you. A, that's why I hated Dinosaur. Dinosaur's really a weird movie. It. it is. I will say we went in with very low expectations and enjoyed it more than we thought we were going to, but we had never seen it before. The, the secret to enjoying the weird Disney movies is to see them with people who love them. So we watched them with someone who was like, oh, I know this is a flawed movie, but I love it. And loves dinosaurs. And she was she a big also, dinosaur yeah. fan. So it was a lot Aww. of fun. She's like, oh, that's a Diplodocus. And let me tell you about the Diplodocus. And I was, it was like, great. yes. Yeah. It was great. Um, there's one thing I was going to say about... Uh, this movie, because of how much money it made, do you have the exact figure of what I, it made? It's, it's like three hundred thousand, three hundred million. Yeah, but it uh, it helped fund the purchasing of Pixar. In yes, I read that. Because yeah, it, because they finally had a Disney animated movie that did well after you know the big the big dry <laughs> run of the early two thousands. Yeah. Uh, so it's loosely based on the Henny Penny fairy tale. So the sky is falling mm-hmm. with Chicken Little. So that's kind of where it comes from. Uh, it was also nominated for Best Animated Feature, but it lost to Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were Rabbit. So that's what winded <laughs> up winning. To what? <laughs> Did I say it right? Wallace and no, Gromit. I've never oh, heard of okay. that movie in my life. So oh, okay. I love that movie. Wallace and Gromit are uh, is uh, 
clay claymation not claymation but it's stop motion animation yeah and they're this there it's a british man and his dog and he loves cheese and he's a weird like he, he invents things so great. and then gromit like can't talk but is like falling behind him when they go wrong and like inevitably like rolling his eyes and fixing them i feel like you like that movie right yes we yeah. used to watch the shorts it came out as like a, a vhs Guys, uh, a VHS was I know, a, okay. We sorry, have okay. like we have okay. Videos. Just checking. So uh, I, I had on VHS. It was the first three shorts, and we used to. That was the one I used to say we would watch at like two in the morning and laugh hysterically and wake up our friends' parents who would come in and ask if we had been smoking weed, and we would like <laughs> have to insist that no, we're just goofballs and, and watching, we're watching that stupid yeah. claymation thing for the third time. Well, uh, to piggyback on the VHS fact, this is the last Disney animated theatrical movie to be released on VHS. Mm, this is wow. the last one. Do you want to go? So I have the top three movies of 2005. Yeah, give us that. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Okay. Uh, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Nice. And the Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Nice. All three. Um, I don't think there's any Disney ones. On. I mean, there's no Lion, James the Witch, Bond. And the Wardrobe, but there's no James Bond this year. I'm so All sorry. Right. We're always tracking James Bond along with everything else. <laughs> uh, so we've talked about Sir Patrick Stewart this before. Is uh, because he has had to turn down previous voice roles of Disney. He's always wanted to voice a character in Disney, and I have the whole list. Uh, he wasn't able to do a lot of roles until this film. He's so, Mr. Woolensworth? Is that the character's name? Yes. So here are the voices that he couldn't do because of Star Trek, because of his schedule. The Horn King in the Black Cauldron, uh, Basil of Baker Street from The Great Mouse Detective, Francis from Oliver and Company, King Triton from The Little Mermaid, Cogsworth in Beauty and the Beast, Jafar in Aladdin, Zazu, Zazu, Zazu uh, in The Lion King, Ratcliffe in Pocahontas, Frollo in The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Zeus in Hercules, Clayton in Tarzan, Jumba in Lilo and Stitch, Mr. Arrow in Treasure Planet, Emperor of China in Mulan, and the then, yeah, the King of Atlantis. <laughs> Jeez. But yeah. it, it feels like he was asked to be in like every movie. Every movie. Yeah, that's since, like a lot of like, yeah. iconic characters. That's, that's cool. Most of them. Every movie since uh, Black Cauldron, I feel like since 1985, they went back to ask him. And he was, we've read in the past, he was so enthusiastic. Jafar was one that he really regretted wow. he couldn't do. And I think we read about a couple other ones, too. So I just found that really interesting. I would regret it, too, if I didn't get to play Jafar, but I almost did. Like, yeah, that's a pretty awesome role to, like, not have gotten to do. Exactly. And, well, and it's you. also... I mean, it's perfect with, I don't know the name. But Jonathan Freeman. That. Uh, who played him on Broadway as well. Really? Oh, that's cool. Good. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Well, and it's interesting to think, you know, if he was in one of those roles, how the character would be different, right? You know, so there, there's that to it. That's what I think about stuff like that where you hear like, oh, this big name actor almost got this role and it's like... Kurt Russell is Han Solo. Yeah, or like or Tom, <laughs> yeah. Tom Cruise is Iron Man. It's just like, that's so bizarre to think about, but it's so interesting to think about like how it would have been so different. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little bit about the production. So this is directed by Mark Dindle, who was also the director of Emperor's New Groove. Oh. Did you see that? No, I did not. Um, it was originally pitched as Chicken Little being a girl character. I read about, about that. For about a year and a half, they produced it that way. Holly Hunter actually came in and did some voices for Chicken Little when she, when it, she was a girl. 
And then they went across the street to Michael Eisner and said, what do you think? And he goes, I think it should be a boy. If you're little and you're a girl, it's not a problem. If you're a little and you're a boy, <laughs> boy. I did not say that. You do not need to shoot daggers at me. <laughs> uh, that was Michael Eisner like 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, Michael Eisner has a strike against him in my book now. <laughs> so they changed it to a boy and cast Zach Braff. Parker, uh, a little while ago you were talking about the jokes between you and your dad doing the, the bits from, from this movie, they had such good chemistry, Zach Braff and Gary Marshall, as Chicken Little, and possibly, I haven't met this character, but he may, may be one of my top five named characters in Disney history, Buck Cluck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's and that's an Gary amazing Marshall. character. Gary he's Marshall. awesome. He's such the dad. great dad. They had such good chemistry, and they were bouncing off each other that they started recording them in the same room. Oh, that's like cool. Like, they just I, had them yeah. do scenes. I, I think I've seen behind the scenes of them doing that, and it's really interesting seeing, like, uh, and the, that and, like, other movies, and you see, like, when they actually film them in the same room, it's really interesting seeing them, like, bounce off each other. It's, like, so interesting. And it's so different than normal voice acting. Right, right. Yeah. I think they do it a lot more now. Um, well, we saw but Beauty... But that was very new back then. We saw that Beauty and the Beast, they did that where they brought in the orchestra with um howard ashman so they had different uh actors for that but yeah i think it's much more common now i also think they're getting a chance to like improv oh yeah and that's different this being computer generated meant you could change things fairly easy things like Mm -hmm. like like, uh lip sync and things like that fairly easily but one thing i thought was really interesting about the cgi in this is they wanted it to feel like the old 40s goofy cartoons (laughs) Mm. they wanted it it to feel very kind of madcap and weird and they wanted to uh you know i think a lot at this time you know toy story did this a little and pixar got better well, one of the things this movie does is they do the 2D animation squash and stretch technique, which is yes. giving your characters more elasticity by not just moving them around in a room, but making them kind of stretch. And like when they move, like when, when Chicken Little walks, you'll notice he's got a very round head and it goes, and it kind yeah. of like oblongs. <laughs> yeah, and, stuff. and his like um, feet do that too. I think there's this one shot I'm thinking about where uh, in the beginning uh, he like, Gets stuck to this gum and he pulls it and his, even his like leg like grow like it's yeah. like stretching and it's it's, really, it's a great like style to it's it. It's things that not necessarily a real life thing chicken could do, but it's something that they it's an old animation principle because there's a twelve principles of animation. Carl, I'm saying it wrong, and Carly, our listener, who's an actual animator, animator. Is screaming at the podcast right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the the picture, the the scene they did is when like, I think Foxy Loxy like slingshots him into the yes. uh, window. Yes. Foxy Loxy, uh, voiced by Amy Sedaris. Oh, I'm telling you, I started I looking her. at the voice cast of this and I'm like, wow, I'm kind of shocked Tara so, hasn't watched this. So crazy cast. do you know what the digital tool was called for yes. everything you're describing? Chicken wire. Yeah, I thought that was fun. So they called it chicken wire, and it was a geometric wire frame model uh, of the characters, and so they could do all the things you just mentioned. Yeah, so instead of it, it was so they'd have kind of a, a, like, it's imagine making, you know, we're just getting out of spooky season here a little bit, a little while ago, when people were doing, I guess when this comes out, it's going to be February, so never yeah, mind. Yeah, that's fine. But like, oh. when people make, like, chicken wire ghosts ghosts or whatever and you make it you can kind of like make their head do that bounce thing it's i think it's kind of doing that to it yeah yeah it's fun so another uh program that the technical team designed and built was called shelf control did you read about this no 
So it allowed them to see the whole model on a screen while having a direct access to any chosen area of the character. So that apparently helped them out. I'm not sure I understand what that means. But what? <laughs> it's a fact yeah. I read, so okay, I don't go. know that well, I know what it means. Listen, but... listen, folks, we're here to report, not always to explain. Yes, so. uh-huh. So uh, the whole model on the screen while having direct... So I guess they could see the entire character and then could access any area to... Let's not it. speculate. Again, let's reach out directly to Carly and say, Carly... Yes, tell us what it tell is. Tell us what this means. <laughs> Uh, also, I read a fact that the Chicken Little character is comprised out of 5,600 polygons, 700 muscles, and more than 76,000 individual feathers, of which 50,000 were on his head. Which, I well, they did a cool thing in the thing I saw where they were like, they could play with how fuzzy he was. They had like bars for that. So it, was mm-hmm. like, it looked really funny because they did it and his eyebrows got really big and his feathers went out and did that sort of thing. Um... Do you guys like have a favorite character that you guys liked when you watch this? Do you know who your favorite? I I like Chicken Little obviously a lot, but the um I forget what his name is, but the, the fish in the bowl, the little love, alien yes. guy, yes, fish, no the fish, fish in the bowl, water, fish out of, out of water. water, and then also the little alien guy that like comes down. And he's like kind of like the main plot device. I don't know anything about the aliens. Like I <laughs> oh, I, I, no, I saw dude. I saw a picture of him for the first time, and I was like. That's what they look like. It's been yeah. 15 there's years. this little orange guy, and he's, it's, he's they got the like three eyes. So fish, fish out, out of waters. Fish awesome. out of water is one of the editors did the voice, and the way he did it is it was a voice he used to do for his kids, like. <laughs> <laughs> but then he would do it into like a big plastic pipe into a water jug of water. Oh, that's cool. And the microphone was like above. You'd be like, <laughs> and the bubbles are coming up and doing all that stuff. So have you have you seen fish out of water? Mm-mm. He's like a fish that just walks around, but he's got like a diving helmet that's full of water. Yeah, it's awesome. That's so great. Good. He's a great character, and it, it, the design for that character is really cool. In my like, in my opinion, that's one of the reasons that I like him is What's, just because of that. He's like the coolest guy in the school, right? Like that's or like he's got a lot of confidence. Is what is the one guy who who um, is it? He goes like dope or something. The guy who porcupine, like, porcupine. Yeah, and he does this like <laughs> voice, and he goes like in this really deep voice. I forget uh, what he says, but it's like it's like dope or something like that. It's I just think like, he says yo, yo, bro, and yo, bro. whoa. Yeah, whoa, that's the one. It's he's just like it's voice by <laughs> the director Mark Dindle. He did those. those oh, that's right. great! I right. just love them picking because all the names are like Turkey Lurkey Foxy Loxy, mm-hmm. and then picking. Let's pick a name that's incredibly. Hard to rhyme and just do it anyway. Fish out of water. No, porcupine. Oh, I was like, (laughs) but there's fish out of water. There's ugly duckling. There's runt of the litter. Like there's Mm -hmm. some of those in here too. Mm -hmm. Well, my uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, My favorite thing is like the texture of the animation because like you can see how in like because this was fairly new, right? Because what was it, two thousand five? Yeah, yeah. So it's fairly new is being able to like see every individual feather on Chicken Little's yeah, head. Yeah, that's what like y'all that. were talking about, like the it's different crazy. feathers and how many feathers he has. That's really cool, like the programs that they developed for that mm-hmm. type of thing. And then I, what I think about when I think about that is um, Tangled. Actually, they did uh, like for the hair. They developed mm-hmm. stuff so that her hair would really flow with how long it was. And, like, those type of programs are really interesting to me. So we're about to blow y'all's mind. We haven't seen Tangled. I know. Oh, y'all need to call. I know. Everyone I'll, has. I'll, I'll do that with you. Yeah, everyone has told us we're probably going to watch it before we do the podcast episode for so it. So we can just so enjoy it. So we can just it. enjoy yes. it and then it's go back and do the fantastic. research. 
But I'm obsessed with good hair, and it starts <laughs> yes. with Ariel. Like, Ariel's hair in the water is so cool, but yeah. Moana's hair is really great. Yeah, so I'm excited for Tangled Hair, too. <laughs> it's the same type of program as, um, like, uh, this is a game, but what I was talking about was Force Unleashed. With the way that they do the glass and what? stuff, it's the way it breaks apart. Like, they've developed programs that it breaks apart. It's the yeah. same type of, like, real mm. physics and hair and, well, like, feathers and stuff like that. That's the thing a little bit about computer animation is once you've developed a program for something, it's easy, it's, it's not necessarily easy, but it's, like... You do something in 2D, it's a technique you still have to teach someone. If I do a program in, in, in 3D animation, I can use it on the next on the next movie. And the someone next can game. adapt yeah, it. Yeah, someone can adapt yeah. it. You don't have to just teach the technique. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the hair thing, the first thing I remember that being a big thing in was uh, Monsters, Inc. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With Sully's fur. Which I remember, I wa- again, like it's when like, we watched Toy Story, I watched a scene from Monsters, Inc. And I'm like, oh, I remember that. I used to think this was like... The end all be all of hair animation, and now I'm like, oh, it looks so cotton ball-y and weird. It's, yeah, it's still interesting. Good. Like when you like saw something that young, and you're like, oh, it looks so good, and then you look back. Like if you ever rewatch the first Incredibles versus the new one, uh, the the second mm. one, and it's just like, whoa, it's like, oh, like it it looks like like blocks, and it's like, whoa, that's interesting. Yeah, and, and then you're like, it's just different to think about that perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I read, I don't know if you read this, that there was a sequel in production called Chicken Little 2, The Ugly Duckling Story. What? But <laughs> when, yeah, when John Lasseter was appointed chief creative officer for Disney Animation, his first task was to cancel all sequels. So Which is he- ironic because John Lasseter was the one who did like Cars 2 and Cars 3. Like, right. yeah. he loves the Cars movie. So I don't, but I'm wondering because this movie made a lot of money, but in general, Disney was not making a lot of money at this time For with animation, their animation yeah. features. So I'm wondering if he was tasked to come in and cut anything that they thought they weren't going to make money on. Now, well, I think they would have, have made money on th- this sequel because Probably. this was so successful. But I think, I think one of the reasons this movie probably made money. And I don't want to, like, you know, dump on this movie. But I think there was a, a, a conception. Watch it. You've got some diehard fans There was a conception <laughs> that this was a Pixar movie. Okay. And I think everyone was like, Pixar, just associated computer animation with Pixar. Um, but it didn't have as good as a, 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 so I think maybe a sequel they were worried people are going to figure out this isn't Pixar. All the people who came because they thought they were coming to Pixar movie yeah. aren't going to come and there wasn't that good of a, of a, of a, of a uh, reviewer response. Mm. So I think that might have been why they did it. Um, Speaking of Lasseter, this is the last movie to not have his involvement for 16 years. Yes. Then the next one wow. is Raya. His 16-year so. reign of terror of awkwardly hugging people in the yes. in the studio. Yeah. Wait, what? He's a John Lasseter's a bad dude. You can look up some you stuff can, on you, you Aww, that makes... if you want. Yeah, it's not great, but. Um, do we have anything else we want to go over? Do you guys have anything else you want to you want to chime in with before we? Oh, is there a villain movie? in this? And if not, so, not who like would you particularly like? There, there are like, but not like anyone who's like actually like is like. There's no one pr- particularly you'd look at and be like that is the villain. It, Got it's it. like very. There's antagonists, but stuff there's like that. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's like people who are kind of like you know. There's like. There's, like, the jerks in school and stuff like that, but there's no one that's, like, the true, like, like, always going against, like, Chicken Little other than, honestly, everyone other than, like, him and his friends. It's just very, like, the world against him. It's very, 
there's not really like a main villain. Okay. But one of the things I was going to say about this movie that makes it so interesting, and I honestly I think one of the things that makes it so special is like when you look at it and like you look at each individual character, even like the side characters, like people who have one line, it's <laughs> crazy to see just like how much like personality and uniqueness they give each character mm-hmm. with their, their designs, their voices, their like their dialogues. Everything's very different from character to character and it makes it all that more unique and special and like cool to like see it and like see how all these characters are interacting like some characters interact differently with like kids than they do adults and i'm like that's really cool because that's realistic it's just it's one of the things i like about it so much yeah well do we have anything else do you have any other facts I don't. You wanna... so we think it's time to take the vhs out of the clamshell and stick it in the vcr We'll see you on the other side, listeners. Jack, uh, a VHS is an old <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Hello, listeners. We are back, and I am curious what everyone thought. I thought it was cute. I liked it. I liked it. It was all right. It doesn't seem like you liked it. I feel you may have been a little bit more harsh on it if your nephews weren't here. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I, I think I don't think I'd watch it again on my own, but if they wanted to watch it, I'd watch it again. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, how was it for you guys re-watching it? It I definitely still had the nostalgia factor. Like we, It definitely was still... It's so funny to me that we're talking about nostalgia factor in a movie <laughs> from 2005. I know. Okay, but you have, have to that. understand for us... Uh, for, yeah, for that's me, what I'm like, saying. That, like, for me, that's like... That was like... Kind of, honestly, that's kind of one like one of, one of, if not the first movie that I kind of remember watching. Yeah. Like, I know, your babies. Yeah, so it's, it's very <laughs> much like... Holds a like, special place mm-hmm. in my heart. And so... It's interesting rewatching it. I think that's my first time rewatching it in a while. But it's interesting rewatching it and I, then looking at it from a statement of like, <clears throat> especially me. I think it's been maybe two, maybe three years since I've watched that movie. And like my perspective on like movies and stuff has obviously changed within the past two or three years because of me like getting really into film and everything. And so it's interesting looking at it now. I still love the movie, number one, because of nostalgia and also because it's just, I genuinely do think it's a good movie. I like the story of, like, father and son being disconnected, but both of them are really trying and all that. I just think that's a really great, like, story premise. But then it's also, like, interesting to look at it differently because it's not, it's no longer just a, oh, it brings out the kid in me. It's also like, this is also an actual movie. Let me look at it that way. And it gives you a different view. Yeah. What did you think, Jack? Uh, I didn't have the nostalgia factor, because the last time I watched it, I was probably, like, three, and I didn't remember it at all. <laughs> it's not one of those movies that has nostalgia for me. I don't know why. Uh, but, um, I liked it. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle between Ryan and Tara, like, you... I did not like it. Like, <laughs> I just, it, it, here's the thing. I liked the, I liked the story. Mm-hmm. I don't think some of the writing was... Some of the jokes kind of fell flat for me. Some of the jokes I laughed that loud at. Yeah. I liked the father-son story. I just think, and I've said this on other episodes, I think it's suffering from that trying to be Shrek thing that I yeah. think Disney yeah, kind of yes, that's... does a lot during this time and then pulls out of and gets to the more new classic movies like Frozen and wreck Princess and, Ralph the, and Princess and the Frog. Yeah, those type yeah. of ones. I think they do better. This one's still a little like... There's this thing with animated movies where it's always weird to me, and this one seems to do it where it's like, 
hey, it's an animated movie so for kids, so we're going to, like, use music that's, like, for way... Like, you know kids, they love... Uh, Gloria Gaynor and Diana Ross, and it's kind of like, honestly, I, I thought the music was varied. There were Spice Girls in there, Marvin Gaye's "Ain't No but, Mountain High Enough," "I Will Survive." Me, like, like the 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 most recent song that they did that they didn't write for the movie was Spice Girls, which is seven years earlier. But don't you think that that almost gives it more of a Maybe timeless feel now? Because no, I think it gives it a timeless feel to a time it's not. Okay. I think it's it's weird. I would I would but disagree it's like, with that. It's like that. trolls and other movies oh like that where they come out like the emoji movie where it's like look they've got emojis and a 70s song. Kids love this 70s song and I just don't see that. I think they're be- I put this movie way above trolls and the emoji movie from what I've seen of trolls and the emoji movie. But I just think I think that's a thing they were doing around this time where it was like who are I'm not exactly sure who they're trying to appeal to within. I don't think this movie is very timeless, but I think it's got some things that I really liked in it. I like the aliens. I like the animation. I liked a lot of the voice performances. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked, uh, I like the name Buck Cluck is my favorite <laughs> thing about the whole movie. It's yeah. the best name in all of Disney animation. <laughs> There's things I liked about it. I did enjoy it. I did fall start falling asleep in the middle, but I will say some of that is my sister has a very comfortable reclining sofa yeah. <laughs> so that probably has more yeah, to do with yeah. it than the movie but. i don't know i guess from the music perspective i liked that it was using music from different decades because i think it's cool when a new generation discovers music that has existed before well that was so for the we... music therapist in me i think that's fascinating because at the end don't go breaking my heart was playing and then you connected to why parker knows that song parker used to sing that song a lot when he was younger yeah so i think there's something cool about that that he knows that song from a completely different reason as to why you and I know it as to why our parents know it well dad also used to have that Elton John album yeah in his car so I wonder if like Parker mentioned liking it and then it was probably grandpa got it probably probably mixed between the two yeah Yeah. but that's a great example of how one song crosses generations and everyone has a different experience with it so I think for me that's why I kind of like the mix of music more than I get your point, but I don't know. I enjoyed I that it was that, varied. I also think that was kind of a device they used to try and have movies appeal to people because of the, like, if you watch that with a parent and you're young enough, then you have things like that to relate to your parents on and that that can draw audiences to something. That's something you see a lot in like movies like that with Disney and stuff is they try to make things that both parents and kids can enjoy. And I think if you add the factor of both parents and kids can relate to each other on this now, I also think that can draw audiences and help like sell better movies. Thoughts, Ryan? Sure. <laughs> it's clear you don't agree. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I the part I enjoyed the most was like the last third. Okay. Like when the alien invasion, invasion like yeah. kicks off, I thought that had a real Mitchell's versus the machine. I was getting that vibe too. Feel. Yeah, like in the way they animated the aliens and the like face, like because they, they have like they're in those shells, which we Tara as many times as she possibly could related this movie to Independence. I mean, Day. how could you not? Like, um, <laughs> five times at least. But like uh, the uh, Parker is eating uh, Hershey Sorry. kisses on Mike. <laughs> Very unprofessional. Very un. I was trying to do it as quietly as I can hear my everything. Bad. My bad. Um, okay, I'll but stop. Uh, 
I, I think when they're running around, they've got like the, the facial things that make them just look like mad, and it's like red, green, blue. No, red, green, orange, yellow. Orange. Like yeah. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a stop sign. I like that a whole lot. I, I, I liked when this movie was. I, I liked the whole last third. It wasn't just like, oh, I like the alien invasion part. It was like. That's when the father and son talking to each other thing came mm-hmm. together. It's when he kisses Abby. I love Abby. Abby's my favorite. I will say, and we'll it's get into this. weird how Abby just like completely stops like yeah. being I would agree a with functioning that. human being. Yeah. When she's like, oh, I like being kissed. I was kind of like, all right, get over Like, Like when she came out of the movie theater, from then on she should have been useful. Because the whole point of the movie is she's like... The only one who knows what's going on. She's also the one who gets made fun of that she's called ugly all the time. So finally somebody loves her. So maybe that took her off guard. I guess, but... but uh, Being defensive of Abby because I really like that character. But I I get the point you guys are trying to make. When she was still, like, later in the thing, still, like, Twitter-pated over being kissed. I was like, all right, this this part is, I'd like to see her becoming, being functional and useful again. Because that was the whole point of the first, you know, whatever the movie was, she was very, very useful. Yeah. And it was fun at the end when they were, like, holding hands in the theater and stuff like yeah. that. I like yeah. that. So it was just a little part where I was like, what happened to Abby? Yeah, I get that. And it just bothers me because it's the female character. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, well, she's been kissed, so everything's out the window now. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So. Yeah. She's the only, no, Foxy Loxy, so. Oh, and, Foxy and, and the Loxy. best character, Goosey Lucy. I guess we'll get into it and I obviously have my notes of the plot and I'll try to just like kind of go along but you guys can interject with whatever you liked uh, but I like that the castle was so different mm-hmm. like the oh, castle the was castle designed was yeah. like the town which was cool the design of each like life and family and like the you know the, the 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 chickens had an egg car. Yeah, the, the rabbit babies, the, the bunnies coming out of the stroller, and oh it was like twenty one of them. That legitimately. Yeah. It starts off and it's this it's him ringing the bell and going the sky is. Falling. Well, before that, it's how do we start this movie? And it's like once oh. upon a time, and that's not right. And then they do the Lion King opening, I like and, that then, and that made me laugh. I like that bit a lot. That yeah, really and then funny. they try to open the storybook, which is a big thing from the older fairy tales. That was that was directly to you, the Lion King joke. That Very much. Like was. We want to make sure Tara enjoys yes. it. Yes. Uh, uh, book thing was a Shrek dig. Oh, so it well, it also from like Sleeping Beauty, Snow Cinderella, White, Cinderella, all the they ones. all open with a big storybook. They all do that too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Shrek that. was probably making fun of Shrek was probably making fun That's of Disney. True. So yeah, it kind of comes full circle, I guess. <laughs> so I want you guys to know real quick before we go on, um, I am the reason I'm not looking at you when you talk is so I can get to the microphone, not because I'm, like, ignoring you. I hope that doesn't come off. Yeah. Okay, just double checking. <laughs> yeah, so then comes Chicken Little, opens up, Code Red, Sky is Falling, and the town proceeds into chaos. And so this is where we also get to see a lot of details of all the different families, mm-hmm. all the different animals, and kind of how they interact with one another. And then they're watching Raiders of the Lost Ark in the movie oh, theater. So it's Indiana Jones. Like and then the water. Yeah. yeah, and then the water tower. It's the ball from the water tower comes rolling through the theater at that part. Is there in something else they do that's live action in this, or did I? It's just mm. the Indiana Jones. I think it's just Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. I there was something else. I do like what they do with that moment. Going back to the the bunnies and the stroller, it, that moment after after it goes through the, or is it before it goes through? Uh, either way, it's when the when the thing's rolling and then like they you see them the pulling out and it's like out. you're like. 
Okay, like, you know they're not going to show just, like, these bunnies being, like, mauled over with this ball. But yeah, at the same time, you're like, okay, can you, like, yeah. It's yeah. Like, times it just right. I like that a lot. Well, I liked in this world that, like, everything had something. Like, they were a whole, like, the guy mowing the lawn and he's just wheelbarrowing And it's the goat. The goat. goat. Yes. And yeah. it's, like, they are, because I feel like Disney movies, they do things like Home on the Ranges. Animals know their place, but they can talk to each other. Yeah. But then, like... But then Zootopia... Zootopia, is, I feel like, is, is different. pulls a, like... Zootopia some, does this a little does bit. Does this, But yeah. there's also, like, Robin Hood is, like... Robin Hood doesn't do things to say he's a fox. He's just a fox. He's just a fox. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in this one, they're, like... I'm 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 a dog and I know I'm a dog. Like when the dog's watching the movie, then he's like and his tail's wagging. Yeah, or when the the dog parent and child are playing fetch out in the yard yeah, yeah. and are like practicing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, they think that he cried wolf. Essentially, yes. said the sky was falling. Nothing happened. He couldn't find the piece of the sky that hit him. He describes it as being shaped like a stop sign and that it was blue and he can't find it. And that comes into play later. And so they just think it was an acorn that hit his head. And so a year later, a crazy, crazy little chicken, the movie, comes out. (laughs) Still based on this uh, incident that happened with him saying the sky is falling. And so you find out that the town hasn't forgotten. No one's forgotten. His dad is embarrassed. His dad isn't really proud of his son and just kind of is always apologizing for his son. It's crazy to me that this town has such a... Heavy impact on the on the filmmaking industry, right? <laughs> yes, uh, but we also see at one point when they're driving the bull in the china shop. Yes, there's a a bird that keeps running like a into store. the store window. Yeah, which I thought that was fun. <laughs> which is a good bit. And then it goes into the bare naked lady song, and I actually really like that song. I do like that. There's some. I mean, do you like bare naked lady? Yeah, songs? so that's probably why. No offense, but it just sounded like a... yeah. Very well, naked ladies, yeah. so it was good. Yeah. But I liked that there was some new music along with music mm-hmm. that we mentioned earlier, like yeah. hits that you knew. Uh, and so this is a whole montage of Chicken Little trying to catch the bus. And you realize yes. that no one is really helping him out. Everyone's kind of still annoyed at him. There's, and There's a bit later when... Uh, Abby says, did you run to your nemesis again? Or yeah, I ran into my nemesis again. She's like, gum on the sidewalk. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. It's an ongoing thing. But then this is when the title of the movie comes. So we see a good bit of the movie before we see the title. Uh, And then he winds up losing his pants. He's stuck in the gum and tries to figure out a creative way to get into school without anyone seeing him in his underwear. Cheerleaders wind up seeing him in his underwear. And then he uses notes uh, as pants. He makes like shorts or pants. I also really like, sorry, um, you go. Uh, I love Chicken Little's like. I'm trying to think of a word for it other than like MacGyverness, like the ingenuity of oh, using yeah. like, a oh, soda yes. bottle and like. Yes. Everything he does is you can tell like, he's ad- smart. You can tell he's adapted to being very small. That. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say right after they they roll the opening title, I like, I like that, it very much transitions from kind of like more grounded but we're seeing chicken little doing all these things to when they start that when they start um one little slip which is the song uh it like does this like really jarring motion out of the title and it like swoops in down into him and you see him like dodging in between everyone's legs and all that and it very much like puts you in his like in his shoes you see all this and like the way that they cut it and the way like the way that it's like edited and put together is really well done to put you in his shoes and make you feel very like, you know, aw- awkwardly, like, trying to make it through this, like, world, this town. It's, it's, I like that, like, 
diving into that character and how he feels there. Yeah, I think you get his perspective. That's a, a really good way to describe it. Not only do you feel small because you're kind of seeing mm. it from his point of view, but kind of how he's feeling. I like that we get to meet all the students here. So we get to meet all the personalities, all the different students. They're in mutton class. with uh, And Sir Patrick Stewart has like the smallest role. I felt so bad for oh him. He's God. the teacher here. Uh, but he, yeah, he doesn't have a huge part. And then they go to gym and they play dodgeball. Mm-hmm. And then Popular this is, versus unpopular. Yes. And this is where, though, we get to meet kind of Chicken Little's group of friends. So it's Runt, Abby, Fish Out of Water. Fish is great. Fish is the best Fish character. Fish is the best character. Um, I think Abby is my favorite. But what, do you have a favorite? Uh, I like Fish Out of Water a lot. Yeah, I Fish just is like good. Abby. I just like when they, sh- I, I like that. Everyone calls her Ugly Duckling, but she doesn't care. She's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, yeah. she's just, she just does not care about it. And I like that her feathers are in pigtails. I don't know. Her design oh, was that cool. was really cool. Yeah, yeah I like that. Uh, so this is Chicken Little. He's going back to, I just need one chance to do something great. And he says this throughout. Like, he's trying to make up for the sky is falling incident. And I like all the magazine titles. They have Modern Mallard, Cosmo Duck. Cosmopolitan, like they're pretty creative with all of the the magazines that she's referring to to try to get him well, to talk to his dad. Yeah, because that's Abby's whole thing during the whole thing. She's trying to get them to talk to each other because they're both ignoring. Because not only did the town kind of go, oh, it was an acorn, not this, but that was his dad's theory. Like his dad was like, it's his dad okay. came up with it. Yeah, yeah he yeah. just seems embarrassed by the whole thing. When we find out that we don't know when, but that they've lost his mom. So we do find out at one point. She, I mean, assuming she could have flown south for the She way. could have, yes, but she's not around okay. either way. And um, we find that out a little bit later. So I'm sure that there's some complicated feelings there too, mm-hmm. like as to maybe why they don't talk. But we also see all the cool kids. I wrote, cool kids are so mean. <laughs> Goosey Lucy was my favorite. Yeah, also but. honk at everybody. Toxie Loxy was awful. She was the meanest. Uh, but then she's the best baseball player. I know, but Morcupine, she's Porcupine. What is it? Morcupine. 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 Yes. That's just love. I know. I zooming in yeah. on his Yo-yo. woes. Uh, so then the fire alarm. It winds up. There's this whole Yo. montage with the dodgeball and Chicken Little kind of gets slammed against the window, slides down to the fire alarm. It goes off. The sprinklers go on. And then his dad is pulled into the principal's office. To Which be- is a very similar scene to a Goofy movie. Yes. It's, again, a single dad being told that their kid's a problem when their kid's got, you know, fairly good intentions. I mean, Chicken Little didn't mean to do that. And Max meant to put on the power Max line knew concept. that he was he doing was something he stunt. shouldn't do. But, yeah. yeah. And it's the same voice. The principal yeah, is the Sean. same voice in both movies, which was kind of fun. <laughs> And then this is when we also find out his dad's a baseball star and the principal says, you know, your kid's nothing like you and, you know, things that you don't really want to hear when you're a kid. Which was outside. a really, really good way to show us that so it wasn't like forcing our face. It was very kind of, I, I liked that because I've seen movies that do that type of thing and then they do it very like... Ham-fistedly. Yeah, you're like, here, did you know? Instead mm-hmm. of like, kind of like the, the way that they did that and they like kind of had like... You know, they you hear the principal and his dad talking in the background, and then you kind of see like the trophies, and you're like, "Oh, that's interesting," and you kind of get that, and you see him process that and be like, "I have an idea." Like, and yeah, that no. that's a really good segue into that next scene. That then, yeah, yeah. So then it gives Chicken Little the idea, "I'm going to join the baseball team. I put on five ounces. I'm bulking up." Yeah, and so <laughs> he's really, and then and then he does this thing, which I think we've all done at some point as kids, where you say something and you mean it. 
But then your parents give you a reaction and you're like, oh, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. But like, and he does that with like, I want to play baseball. And then he says, just kidding. Well, he said, no, because he says, I'm going to take that. He goes, I'm going to take that for a touchdown. touchdown. Oh. And his dad's like, oh, God. Got it. He goes, just kidding. kidding. Okay. I thought it was more of like, he was trying to be earnest. And then, yeah. Uh, Earnest? What? Earnest? Isn't that a. Like he's what? being hey, earnest about. Oh, you're saying you yes. love the earnest, scared, stupid, or earnest movies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. films, films. <laughs> they are not. Uh, well, here's a question, mm-hmm. and you don't have to share. Has anyone been called into the principal's office? Yeah, I. Uh... You don't. Ha- you guys don't have to share if you don't want. You're to. About, like within us. I'll, I'll, let me tell this story. I don't. We might cut it out because I'll tell you what happened. Uh, I was supposed to like, we were in the library, I was supposed to pick up these books. Yeah. And one of them, like, one of the kids was being, he ended up being like a real, he was very smart, but then he decided, oh, I'm just gonna, he sucked. (laughs) But I picked up a book, like, and when he didn't do what I want, I hit him on the back of the head with a book, kind of thump. Oh. (laughs) And so I did that, and rightfully, he got up and punched me in the nose. You know. And I, and it it was interesting, because I very, just, I was thinking about this the other day, I don't know why. (laughs) Hit me right in the nose, and it didn't, like... It hurt, like it hurt, yeah. but it wasn't like hard enough to like bloody my nose. Mm-hmm. And I just went okay, and I went over and told the teacher, and he went, he hit me in the head back of the head with a book. And I remember when I told the teacher, I'm like, oh, you're gonna get in trouble because you punched me. And I didn't think like I was gonna get in trouble because all I did was hit him in the back of the head with a book. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I ever was like sent to ever. The... I don't think so. Well, of course, I think not. I'm the same as Tara. I I definitely have. Yeah, um, <laughs> I have quite a few stories. But th- actually, I'm actually pretty proud of this year and last year. I have not been in the principal's there office at all. I haven't gotten on the in, straight in and narrow. Yet. Good for yeah. you. Well, okay, hey, I did. I did bad. a little bit this year, but it wasn't because I got in trouble. It was I was going to talk to them because they asked me to come in to talk about a situation with someone else. But yeah. other than that, like I haven't in the past two years. Which is and really I just cool. want to say that plenty of people have been to the principal's office and yes. come to do amazing things. I haven't. I haven't either, Jack. I mean, we you Go know on. we're just above we're the perfect. rest. <laughs> Built different, I guess. I think, I think this is the first podcast where you can hear someone's eyes rolling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, then then we get into another little montage, but it's a slower song. This is when they get home after mm-hmm. the baseball conversation, mm-hmm. and we find out that the mom's no longer around. And I love the, the this. Is five for fighting. Is that what it was oh, called? Yeah, it was the it's light. a band. Oh, okay. Well, I had no the idea. Song? The I don't know. I love yeah, that band. Fun. I love Fucker Fighting. I they love did, the, it's they did a hundred years. I love their name more than anything else. Yeah. it's like a hockey reference. I'm like, yeah, five for fighting. It is. Then, yeah, you get five minutes for fighting. Oh, it's a penalty. Huh? It's a penalty. Oh, you mean like you get five minutes if you fight? I yeah, thought you meant so like I called. thought. I don't know why my brain went to like, oh, there's five minutes designated to fight. And I'm like, what? Like, right it's now like, on our podcast. they're like, no, I mean, <laughs> like, I thought go. you were saying, like, in hockey, they're like, oh, oh here, no, no, no. like, timer. Like, I was like, no, yeah. I, if you get a fight, you, you get five for fighting. Oh, okay. Um, so I, when I heard that, but I'm like, oh, they're going to have some real great rock songs. And it's all like, this is It's like all real slow. I'm like, okay. That was 100 years. Yeah. Like, that was I love it. that song. It's not, it's yeah. not my type of music. Yeah. But that was one of the first songs I ever like learned, like first like non-classical songs I ever learned on piano. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, so I really like the details of the chicken house. It looks like a chicken coop. There's chicken yeah. wire covering the windows. There's chicken wire as you go up the stairs. It's like instead of a railing, it's chicken wire. It's got a metal roof. Yeah, it's got the metal roof. Uh, and he has a like wishing on a star moment here. He's not well, yeah. technically wishing on a star. 
Because he says, all I need is a change. And it's we find out it is not a star. It's the mm-hmm. spaceship. So we find that out later on. But it has that feeling of like Pinocchio and other movies yeah. where they like look out and wish on a star. And then there's a Patti LaBelle song that comes up next while he joins the team. And there's this whole montage of him just basically sitting on the bench with a mitten. Instead I had a of real a, hard time with this because the whole thing is he finally gets in to bat and they're like don't swing I could it tell you I could tell you were pretty I was like, you didn't know how to well, feel about that it's one it's two things one he shouldn't have swung he should have listened to his coach but at the same time that coach had a responsibility to teach him how to be a baseball player whether he's well good so not. did his dad being a baseball star I, like yes. no one believe, and that's the point right no one believes in him and thinks that he can do anything of like that he can contribute to the baseball team and it's clear that he could I had a really like a friend's dad who was a really important person in my life because he was my baseball coach and he was really like i'm gonna make you the best baseball player you can be like I'm yeah probably not gonna play in college or anything but like i was always worried about dropping the ball he goes oh we'll put you at first all you got to do is get in front of it so yeah. i was at first and if i dropped it i just picked it up real quick and the guy was out like but he's I- like you can run in a straight line get just get the first just do this like this is all the things you are good at we're gonna make you good and i that's why when i saw this i was like chicken little He's well, had this tiny strike zone. I would kill for his tiny strike zone. So was that coach also a teacher? Yes, it was. I think it was a dodgeball teacher. It was. Gym teacher. It was. Gym teacher? It was. Well, oh, no, no, no. I'm saying your coach. Oh, oh no. He was oh, just my oh, friend's dad. Yeah. Your friend's dad. Yeah. Well, no, because my question with that, and I think it overlaps with coaches and teachers in general, is that's what makes a good teacher. Like, yes. if a teacher can see potential in a student and set them up for success, mm-hmm. they're going to not only enjoy the subject, enjoy whatever they're teaching them, they're <laughs> coaching them, but then they're going to feel successful. Like, that's the whole point. I, I will also tell you, he was one of the most amazing non-cussers I've ever met in my life. And that, if so, when you play, usually on a baseball team, there's like two or three extra people that you swap out of positions. And yeah. Stuff. So I'm sitting on the bench, and someone would do something, they drop the ball, and they go, God damn so he would and he'd do it real like that he would go, good job good job you did good great great just grab it next time and then in the thing he'd be like kicking kick dirt he'd be marv yeah from home alone he was great i will tell you one thing i did once in baseball um i uh so think about small strike zone i would do that sometimes where he would go up and he'd be like just don't you know like only swing if it's a perfect pitch we just need to get you on base blah 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 mm-hmm and there was one time where I went up and he's like, remember, if because the guy was throwing really, like, a lot inside. Okay. And he's like, if you get hit, you get on base. But, you know, blah, blah, blah. So the ball comes in and it comes in inside and I just lean in with my head <laughs> and it just hits my head. Oh like, my the bat. I was like, clock. And he goes, not like that. Like, <laughs> like I was like, I got hit, coach. And, he's like, and listeners, that explains so yeah, much. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, what happened. That's the origin yeah, story. Yeah, that's the origin. No, story. I feel bad because the the people just listening will never understand the way that he just moved saying that. Like <laughs> oh, it was yeah, funny. Was <laughs> he like bobbed his head all around. Yeah. Uh, so then it goes to this big game. So we find out. I think it's been something like twenty years or something crazy since they've won this. Oh, I thought uh, you meant like yeah. The, the, oh. Yes. Yes. The yes, big yes, game yes. in the movie. Yes. Sorry. Like they haven't won the baseball. Is it a tournament? A pennant match? It's a I forget what they. Match. Yeah. I think it's just like the yeah. So a bunch of their players have injuries, and Chicken Little is up at bat, and so everybody basically sighs. Like nobody again is believing in him. Everyone's really bummed out that he's up at bat, and this is where the coaches like just don't swing mm-hmm. and get on base because Foxy Loxy is up next, and mm-hmm. we find out she's very good at baseball. 
Uh, and so he winds up saying, today is a new day. And like on the third, he strikes out twice and then hits it on the third one and then doesn't know what to do because no one's coached him. So he's like well, running backwards. I'm, he runs towards third. I think you should have been watching the game enough to realize that's true. It's yeah, good. I guess that's a good point. You I, should I know. will not fault him for not stopping on third and stuff. Yeah, but the ball gets stuck in the horns of the cow. There's like this whole montage of like yes, how the other team physical. can't get the ball, uh, and then they all come at the base at the same time, and you realize that after they dust away all the dirt, he's actually safe and he wins the game, and it's mm-hmm. like a really big deal. So then it cuts to him singing I Am the Champion in his room, which is great. I love that. So Zach Braff. Just like <laughs> Yeah. Perfect. Which by the way, I was listening to that and I never noticed this before this this viewing of it, but it was so auto-tuned on pieces. Like there were pieces not like so auto-tuned, but like you can hear that they're trying to have him match somewhat pitch. Pitch him up, yeah. Yeah. Which was interesting to me. Not like so auto-tuned, but like it was like the same type of auto-tune that like like Glee will do at points where you can tell that they matched pitch that they might not have matched perfectly. Mm-hmm. Which and it, which what was weird about that was they were switching back and forth, and like at the very end you hear him hit a note and then they like did that like scream thing where you could tell they just turned it off all the way and let him just do his thing. And I was like, it, it isn't the point. He's not supposed to be a good singer. So just like let it be bad anyways. Yeah, I, I don't know. Whatever. That was just the thing. I was like, that was weird. For yeah, me. I didn't really notice it, but I will say you make a good point of. You know, he doesn't hit all the notes in it, and there's something charming about that. So either yeah. like leave oh, that yeah. in, it's or yeah. go one way or the Which other. Which one of the things I did a few times with like him doing that, and then like Runt, whenever Runt would have songs and stuff like that, it was just like that type of thing was always like, it's cool to see like characters that aren't like the actual singers like singing songs because that's a realistic thing that people do all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I was like, why would you need to whatever. Yeah, I love that they sing fun. karaoke. Mm. I, I yeah, like I that was so funny. singing karaoke. Oh, but this is another, like, this is the first bonding moment with him and his dad. They're recreating right. him hitting the ball and running the bases and all these things. And then he looks up at the star after his dad leaves and says, thanks for the chance. And then the light gets bigger and he winds up getting hit on the head. And this is where we're first introduced to uh, the aliens, at least their technology, I guess, yeah. at this point. And so it is a piece of the this sky. Is like halfway through the movie that yeah. we're introducing this. And it is a piece of the sky, or appears to be a piece of the sky, shaped like the stop sign. And now what he's realized is... I do want to say one thing about that. Okay. Because he says shaped like a stop sign. Stop signs are octagonal, and these pieces are hexagonal. Shh, shh, shh. Oh, oh good point. my God. I just want to point that out. Good point. Try yeah. Tara, please relevant, put your clothes back relevant. on. I know that was a very I know that was such a, a, an astute <laughs> observation. Uh, so what we find out about it is nerd. it blends into its environment. <laughs> What'd you say? That's a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> it blends in. Well, he did major in math, so. Really? It's geometry. You've got a geometry book downstairs. I saw it. <laughs> no, yeah, we're it. in high school. You have no excuse. Oh, For knowing what a, a, hex, a hexagon and an octagon, it's right there in the term. Hex, six, oct. Oh, wait, I thought you were talking about majoring in math still. Oh. Never mind. I thought you said you majored in geometry. Sorry for that and I was gonna make- I Oh, not it. geometry, but math in general, right? Yes. Yeah. Something like that. Anyways. So uh, we find out that this piece blends in with the environment, mm-hmm. which is why he couldn't find it the first time around. It reflects what's ever behind it. I which love when he's that. showing it to yeah, when he's showing it to fish. Yeah. I, I like when I like how it's really cool when he like sticks his arm behind it and then it doesn't and he goes back and he's like, 
Whoa. He's like, that's 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 I that's know, weird. Yeah. I know that's simple animation, but it's good animation. It's cool. <coughs> yeah. Oh. I also like Sorry. when they take it and they do that same thing that you're talking about when all the friends come. He calls up Abby. They're all singing karaoke. And he gets them over to the house and they like have it be Abby's body, but yeah, then it's and on it was fish. fish. <laughs> I think that that's just kind of a fun funny. bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he tries to hide it from his dad at first because he hears the commotion. Then Abby later on tries to convince him to tell his dad what it is and he's nervous about doing it because now they finally bond it and it's all this back and forth. Um, And when he shows it to his friends, then Fish messes around with it and it lights up and and he basically rides it like a surfboard and it floats him up into the sky. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was really cool. That, I don't know, probably because we just finished... um, Revelation, but that reminded me of the the He-Man. little discs that they have in He Man, where they like they throw it up and then they oh, like right, right, stand right. on it and glide around. Yeah. Well, and they are able to follow him because he has a glow stick from the karaoke. Yeah. Which yeah. I loved that he had a glow stick in karaoke. I was going to make a comment about it, and I was like, oh, that's fun. And then it's actually used yes. so they can. Yeah, track which him. is really cool. That's the type of thing where it's like it doesn't it it doesn't need to matter, but then they can use just the environment. That's things I like. Stuff like that is interesting to me. Yeah. Plot devices that you don't realize are plot devices until they're shown that they are. Like, mm-hmm. That's cool to me. So then they all head to the stadium, which I would call it a ballpark, but it says stadium on oh, it. Yeah. So maybe it's where like they do all this stuff. I don't know. I, I don't know why place. that's a sticking point with me. Uh, but <laughs> then everything goes crazy. Like the wind and the leaves pick up. And Jack, I think it was you who were saying, someone was yeah, saying the how wind they... Animation yeah, the wind really animation. Yeah, the and so Abby gets mesmerized, uh, which is kind of a trope from, I said Independence Day, but it's really from any yes. alien movie where it's like they get mesmerized by the light. And... Uh, the aliens come out and they're, they're these metal, they look like robots because they're, we find yeah. out that the aliens are inside of the they're metal. They're like Easter eggs with legs, with long yeah. spindly legs that like can turn into a bunch of stuff like blades and helicopter rotors like, and stuff. Yeah, so they go out to explore and then... All the friends, the group goes inside the ship to try to find fish, and then we see that ball of electricity. What is that called? Or is it just a ball of electricity? I don't know what ball that's called. Electricity. The thing that's like, like where you put, put your hands, hands on it. it we were it saying we all have one. Is it called a plasma ball? Yeah, it's called. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, plasma, I think. Yeah. Plasma oh no, I'm gonna look this up. After plasma or plasma ball. Yeah. If you're that. if you're our age, literally, you went to one of those. You like, went to Spencer's. Science. Oh, I was, we always had. They always had them at like the science museum. That's yeah, they had them there. They Spencer's, had big ones there. Spencer's the. Store Spencer's the yeah, mall? Spencer's the gift oh. store had like the small one that you would have like in your room. This, this the mall store Spencer. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's a very different place now. <laughs> well, I'm sure it is, yeah. Um, you broke Jack. <laughs> he was like, huh? <laughs> I, I honestly didn't even know Spencer still existed. Yeah, it did. So it still oh, exists. It does. I'll take well, the end Well, now it's just it's all like, like t-shirts with like and stuff now, right? oh, now t-shirts and shot glasses. Weed jokes and yeah, things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So. so this is when Kirby shows up. Kirby! Yeah, Jack. Yeah, I think Jack's Kirby. favorite character. Uh, mm-hmm. And Kirby is a little baby alien. Very furry. They have three eyes, but like they can also show can just hide one. Them, and then they also like spin they around. They can like spin. Yeah, I was gonna say that. That's weird. Yeah, uh, okay. and it's three cool. legs. Three legs. Four, four legs. Like four. four legs. They have like four. But I, one of my favorite things with the legs is number one the way that he runs and stuff, and like when he turns his like legs turn before his body does is really cool. Mm-hmm. But then also when they do the when Chicken Little and him do the handshake thing later, and then he jumps up and does all four of them in the circle, and he's like. Yeah, I like yeah, that was fun. 
Uh, so then they see Fish, and he's behind something that just shows his skeleton. So at first they think something terrible has happened to Fish. Then they realize crazy. he's alive. Runt finds this map of planets, and there are all big X's over every planet, and then Earth is circled as if Earth is next. So yes. they think that the aliens are going around basically taking and over. Or like, just, yeah, classic yeah. evil plan music there. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, then, really and then the way it's like cut, cut to is like, yeah. And then it shows it, and it's like, it's really like I like the way it like cuts in. It's not like like panning or anything. It's like well, but it like goes from planet to planet on each beat, and I like that a lot. Yeah, that was cool. So after they see the map, that's when the aliens, still in the robot suits, chase them around. And this is when Jack had said that you're not a huge fan of the fat guy in a small hole because run. They all try to go down into a hole. And Runt gets stuck. Especially the, like, jumping on top of the person. I just, yeah. I don't know why. It just bothers me. Probably because you're a skinny person and you don't understand the plight that larger people <laughs> find with small food. <laughs> with small spaces. What? Get you stuck in a hole sometimes, see how you feel. <laughs> but, like, I'm, but what... I'm, I'm, I'm kind of confused on him calling you skinny. That's funny to me. I don't know. How skinny he is. He's not skinny. Are you kidding Stop me? Stop poking He's me. He's like average, average, like, size. What are you talking about? You're, you're both skinny. <laughs> I'm not skinny anymore. I got a gut now. I'm like 150. Oh it's annoying. Youth <sighs> is wasted on the young. <laughs> He's an adult now. Yeah, I'm 18. That is true. He is an adult now. So then uh, <laughs> Fish goes for the aliens. And this is something your sister, your mom, uh, Ryan's sister, pointed out where... The metal alien legs are trying to go down the <laughs> hole, and fish gets mesmerized. And your sister pointed out that it's because they look like fish hooks, yeah. which we all thought was kind of fun, right, but none of us yeah. really caught that. So I, I that was fun. well, that that got me thinking for like the next like five minutes. I was thinking about that, and it was like I was eventually like, but don't we have to put like bait on fish hooks so that the fish go to the hooks it's I, not like they're like look at that don't think it spike. through buddy but if it was shiny would they go to it if the well, hook yeah, had some sort of reflector I, I just thought it was i mean i think that's what they were going for but also yeah. like that character's so aloof and like never takes yeah. in the like and also seems very mesmerized with like he was immediately yeah. drawn to the the platform yeah that he's he, like Whoa. yeah and yeah. he got up in the spaceship before everybody else to explore He's very, he's a cool character, and you can tell he's just very carefree. I like in the beginning when he does like the the Empire State Building, and then it's like out of like newspapers. You remember that part where it's like the, oh, out yes, of the newspapers, yeah. and it's like that, and it's like he's throwing these planes around, and it's going around, and he's like, and like I love that. Like he's like falling to the ground, and all that stuff. It was really he's a good comic me. relief character. Yeah, I feel like it's funny because I think I said at the beginning, like, isn't he the coolest character at the school? And I think, or I said the most popular. And it's 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 just I don't think he's the most popular, but he's definitely the coolest because right. he has like complete confidence in whatever he does. He's well, like, yeah, I just the dodgeball at... scene where he's just like dancing to yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, I forgot that song's in it too. He also I love at the baseball game he's painted his face half yes. red and half white like he's crushing cans on his diehard so fan. So. Uh, the aliens chase them through the cornfield, and this is where we also see that they can turn into blades and all the things you were ta- Ryan was talking about earlier. They can like fly. Yeah. And so they're trying to get to the school bell to warn everyone, and the blades wind up making crop circles. Yes. So we see that for a moment too. 
And then this is where he is using his creativity with the soda. I think we mentioned that earlier about the soda, Mm -hmm. the carbonation, shoots Chicken Little to the top so he can get to the bell. And right before he rings it, he has the flashback of everybody making fun of him, his dad being embarrassed of him ringing the bell the first time. But then he sees they're going after Abby, they're going after Runt, and so he rings the bell anyway. And we also pick up on something here that the bell hurts the aliens, whatever the frequency of the bell is, they kind yeah, of I mean, it just, get flustered or frustrated. Which never, it, it doesn't come back. back. Well, it comes no, back it with the fire truck. Yeah. Runt rings the bell oh, to distract them all. Oh, you're right. It does. See? Nice going, Jack. Unanimous, me and Ryan. Oh. Mm-hmm. Parker and I must have been called to the principal's <laughs> office when that scene went down. Must have been. You must have been busy uh, chatting it up. So... Uh, Everybody comes with the bells. He's saying there's aliens here. Nobody can see anything. The ship is at the stadium, so he's getting everyone to go. And then the turkey, what's the mayor's name? Turkey Lurkey. Turkey Lurkey. Sees a shiny penny. Oh, a penny. Yeah, and distracts everyone. And, of course, by the time they get to the stadium, everything's gone. I I hate that the, uh, oh, it disappeared at the last second. Yeah. I, I don't know why. But like it's in the air, it's very shiny, it's above the fence, I know this was and way no one Phineas sees and Ferb, it. But very Phineas and Ferb. You, you would think that people would realize the existence. You're not of talking UFOs. in the microphone. I'm just letting, this is between me and Jack. Oh, <laughs> it's important that you think people would see these UFOs, but people will not see what they're not ready to believe in, Jack. I'm saying it's, it's like Bigfoot. Also, the Earth is flat and all. You want to start a conspiracy theories podcast with me, Ryan? Sure, they're not. Yeah, con- yeah, yeah. They're not conspiracies. It's called. It's gonna be called the truth it's podcast. Facts. It's just facts. <laughs> the truth. The truth theories. The truth is out there. Yes. Is that X Files? Yeah. Yeah. So the town basically loses it at this point because mm-hmm. now they've all been woken up. It's late, and he's done it again. And this is when he basically begs his dad to believe him, and his dad doesn't. He says, "I'm sorry, it's I so don't." Sad. It's Which so is a really, sad. really. Like touching, touchingly hard moment. Like it's like you really feel in that moment. He's like, like and he, you know, he wants to. You can see on his face he wants to believe him, and it's just like this moment of like, I, I can't. He's well, yeah, like, I, I, I feel yeah. like I, his dad's definitely wrong, but they do a good job of making his dad like he still he, feels relatable. conflicted. Yeah, yeah and yeah. he still feels yeah. conflicted about how he's feeling that he doesn't believe him. But yeah, it is a really sad moment. And then we realize that Kirby, the orange little fuzzball alien, was left behind. And he watches the spaceship leaving. And so it cuts to the next day. Everyone's calling his dad. And instead of you got mail, it's you've got hate mail. And then your hate mailbox is full. Did you all see that was an acorn instead of the apple logo? No, I didn't. That's great. That's funny because that's a – isn't that a – Zootopia bit where it's like a carrot instead of yeah. oh I think so yeah. yeah I liked all the attention to detail in this world yes. I thought they yes. did a really good job it's, with that do you think this takes place in the same universe as Zootopia this is Okie Oaks is a little yeah like, like when she goes on the bus or sure. the train Head to cannon. go to Zootopia it's like one of the towns on the way yeah. I think so I like that that's cool so Abby again tries to push him to talk to his dad at this point and this is when Kirby comes to Chicken Little and Fish winds up talking to it. So they wind up realizing what happened. He got left behind. You had a really grossed out moment about the handkerchief. Oh, I missed it. Oh, he blows his nose on the handkerchief. Funny. And then uh, Chicken Little does like a yo-yo bit with the oh, snot. Okay. And I, for some reason, like, Ugh. there were two parts in this movie that really got me. We'll get to the second one here in a second because I think it blew. It made Parker laugh a lot. Oh, we haven't gotten to this we next part yet? We haven't gotten to okay. the next part. The first part was the thing that had a real visceral 
Oh, with the handkerchief. The second one. So, so now the sky shatters. They realize Chicken Little is right. It cracks. It kind of opens up. The spaceships come down mm-hmm. and an attack starts. And Chicken Little tries to tell everyone this is a rescue mission. Like if we just return Kirby to them, like everything will be okay. And of course his dad doesn't, no one believes him. Right. And so it's yeah. him trying to get this. And then R.E.M.'s The End of the World comes in really for a montage. That was a great, yeah. it's, it's a really great soundtrack i feel like like actual songs playing over stuff is a great soundtrack but like when the characters are singing stuff it's not like if that makes sense i don't know oh so, yeah like you don't like the karaoke songs no oh boo no that's okay <laughs> getting slandered <laughs> yeah rightfully so you're entitled to your opinion jack and i hear you except for when it's bad <laughs> uh so then <laughs> Foxy Loxy gets blasted and disintegrates and Brian lost it and I was excited because she was so mean. I was fine yeah, that she I was, was like, obliterated. Oh my god, did kill Foxy Loxy and Tara? I'm like, good. good. <laughs> she deserved it. Which is a great, great, that was really well done the way that, like, and, like, because later you find out, obviously. It, like, It's a long time before they zap anybody else, so I was like, yeah. oh, this might really, they might Yeah, be which so they really, they do that really well, because, it, and then also, like, if you listen to it, the music and the sound effects there, it's it happens, and it's, and then she's gone, and then it's just silence for a second, because yeah. it lets you be like, huh? Yeah, like, yeah. what? Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> As you peaked. Uh... Goosey, uh, Goosey Lucy, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's just like, what? Oh, yeah. whoa. But then, yeah, as Ryan mentioned, the mayor gets zapped, some other people get zapped, and then you realize later on we see them all. When they started zapping more people, I went, surely this isn't like a, a Disney movie with a massacre. Yeah. So plan A is trying to return Kirby. That doesn't work. So they go to plan B, which is to get him to the spaceship. And so then that's all happening. And then plan C happens, which is everybody in the fire truck yes. trying to get up there. And then plan D is going up the stairs because the elevator's which is out. It's weird because I feel like plan C and plan D are like the same. The same. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's but, very inconsistent. <laughs> but in here, you had mentioned something about quick eye movements, so I wrote it down. I like, oh. there was a thing with uh, it being CG where I think they're allowed to do like a lot more subtle things with the face. And one of the things they do is when they do like a quick eye movement to the left and back, they do it a lot in CG animation. But I don't know, I just find that... It was Buck Cluck, but when did he... I can't remember when he did it, though. He was explaining, like, we gotta get to the bell tower, and I think Buck was like, you know, try, again, he's overly trying to be supportive to make up for how he's been but um, yeah he's trying to be oh, like we completely skipped over them like oh we did skip over them bonded their, yeah. yeah they finally bonded i really like that scene because it was just all of a sudden because abby goes we got to deal with this right now and he goes you never support me like you're never there for me and i was like <laughs> wow and they do a really good job of it because i also think like where i was saying where buck is likable but he was wrong there's no like back and forth like he does his speech of like what did he say he's like i you didn't you don't have to earn my love or my whatever something like that yeah and yeah and that was i thought really really good it was a really smart modern and it, and, you know, oh it's it, he says um i i love you he's like he basically says i love you and i'm sorry that i ever made you feel like that was something you had to earn and yeah yeah really and he says i love you no matter really what great concept that is it's something that happens in real life is you feel like people that you you feel like you have to not earn someone's love but you have to prove yourself to people all the time that's something that Mm -hmm. so many people deal with and it's a really great thing to have that 
in a movie and have that in a character and show yeah. that. Because I, I think it, 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 the character of Buck doesn't seem stupid. And I think having him say it that way, which I thought was a really smart way of saying it, mm-hmm. makes it feel his realization other than just like... Because I feel like in a much lesser thought out movie it could have just been like the dad is a jerk and then he suddenly realizes he's being yeah, a jerk it's it's la- it's it's three-dimensional characters it, yes literally. My, one of my favorite examples of that um which is not related to this movie at all but it, it's um like some some like uh flash thompson in the amazing spider-man movies i really like like when after uncle ben dies and he comes up and he's like trying to he's like i'm sorry like that's the type of thing that that smart yeah, writers will make it feels like that. Yeah, so yeah. it's not just like, oh, he's not just a jerk. He's just like, there's. I know I'm sitting weird. Um, Jack just gave me a look of like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know. But like, it, it's like that type of thing where we see Buck and and we know that he he doesn't understand that what he's doing is necessarily wrong. He can see that it might hurt his kid, but he also doesn't know how else to respond to these situations. He he doesn't want to. Just avidly support his kid and have it get both of them in more of a like situation. So it's hard for him to respond to things like that. And then he he realizes that he should have like handled things differently, and mm-hmm. he accepts it and he tries to make up for it. Which is how real relationships face problems and real yeah. relationships solve problems. Mm-hmm. Is you you don't just go. Oh, that's bad. You just like you, you know you, you work towards fixing things. And when you, you own up to it, yeah. yeah, it's easier to like Buck Cluck as someone you relate to who then like has a realization as opposed to a villain who has a face turn like all yeah. the way through. Like, yeah, you're just like, oh, I I guess I'm supposed to like this guy now. And, well, and that's another thing that they show sorry. with that story of of Chicken Little with his dad is communication is so key in life, and mm-hmm. that's something that they. That you see sometimes, but you don't see as often as you should in like relationships and in in media. It's it's like that's such a key thing, and I think that was really one of the things that honestly I think one one of the reasons that Tara ended up liking um, Abby so much is because she's more grounded in reality and knows what you need to do to fix a relationship and to fix things like this. And she's like, we need to have an intervention. You guys, you guys just need to talk. And then the second they did, everything was like, oh. And they kind of realize both of them realize what hap- what's going on, and it changes. And it, it's it's a really great message within that story, and a really great moment with those characters. Mm-hmm. And it is similar to to we mentioned Mitchell and the Machines earlier, but kind of similar yeah. to the dad and the daughter relationship yes. in that film, where they kind of eventually come together. You know, they're on different yeah um, different sides of things. This is also when Chicken Little. He gets the confidence to kiss Abby and says, I've always found you extremely attractive. Which I enjoyed that moment, but then we did talk yeah. about how now Abby is kind of useless for the rest of the film, which is <laughs> so sad because she was so confident up to this point. So uh, they... I do like that little with her with her foot. She does a ding. Yeah, ding, she like puts her foot out. Yeah. yeah, that's great. So they wind up, uh, Chicken Little and his dad and uh, Kirby all get zapped up together and they try to give him back, and the aliens think that they want to attack. And then the kid winds up communicating to the aliens, no, they're telling the truth. They weren't trying to attack you. And the mom and dad are Fred Willard and Catherine O'Hara. So. Yeah, and it's a fun little, they don't have huge parts, but at right. the end, it's fun to hear their voices. And so Parker picked up on the dad is red, the mom is yellow, and Kirby so is orange, <laughs> which is fun. Uh, so which then, isn't something that's like necessarily, it's not even like important to the story or anything like that. It's just like one of those things, 
like with all like the like world setting with that we talked about with like the chicken coop house and stuff like that. It's just things like that, that like little details that aren't necessarily vital, but it's just adds that little bit more of flavor to the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, all the little details. So they wind up putting the town back, anything that got zapped, basically, they like put back. And then we hear Kronk's voice. So he was in Home on the Range. Yes. And now he's in this as the police alien. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fun that they've used and his voice. And he's like in the parks. Oh. Like they suddenly love him. Yeah. Well, time. he's got such a specific voice. Yes. I feel like it's good for certain things. Uh, and then when they look at their watch to say the time is gone, it's the Mickey, the famous Mickey watch, but Mickey has three eyes. Yes. Oh, I, I, I love that. Slightly terrifying. It, it's, but. No, it's horrifying, but that's why it's so it's so cool. And, oh, and yeah. I, lo- I love the the cop alien. He's just like that deep voice with like with the, the three, the, cut the, the, mm-hmm. and the three, the three sunglasses, sunglasses, and it's like yeah. the, the like um, is it Morpheus sunglasses? Like it's yes. it's great, yeah. That's I'm like is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah, and it's like that, and it, but they're like silver. I, I uh-huh. love that. Character. Mirror glasses. Yes, yeah, it's so cool. Kind of like the aviators mm-hmm. a little Foxy. bit. Loxie, Loxie now has been like completely brainwashed, and it turns into Bo Peep. <laughs> and you, Jack, did you say you like her better this way? I like her better this way. I just think she looks funny. <laughs> you thought she looked like John Travolta from Hairspray. I thought she does look like John Travolta from Hairspray. I'm telling you. Uh, I like that Foxy Loxley comes back. I like that she's nicer. Runt kind of falls for her because she's singing the lollipop song from like the 50s or the 60s, right? Mm-hmm. The only mm-hmm. thing I she's do kind have of dressed like that. a sock hop. Yes. Yeah. The only thing I do have to say, I I kind of like that, but at the same time, it's also. A matter of like, I also feel it also makes me a little uncomfortable about the way that it's just like, oh, she's like brainwashed because it's not like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's yeah. not because it's, it's not even like she comes back and she's just like, oh, now she's nice and kind of kind and a good soul. She just comes back and she's like, la 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 la. I feel like her like, abduction like, should have uh, changed her, what, right? Yes, like yeah. what they do there is the same thing that they did with Abby after the kiss, except she doesn't ever go back it's just like yeah. there yeah now. that's it's true like, even if she was a bad person i it's, it's better than child uh, the child murder that we thought was happening no that would have been <laughs> way better. when she gets zapped and it i was okay with it so great to keep her dead uh <laughs> i want a james gunn remake of chicken no, little where they just stop everyone stop <laughs> So you said, we find out that the aliens, they come for the acorns every year, and you called them leafers. They're leafers. Yeah, they basically go, they come for the acorns once a year, and then they leave. And so I, now we fast forward a year later, and it's Chicken Little, the true story, in the movie So theater. what happened to the first movie? Did they just stop production? I, I guess they must have, yeah. The stupid little chicken that freaked out, or whatever Yeah, it's whatever called. it's called. Crazy, yeah, so little, crazy little chicken. That's it. So then they play Ain't No Mountain High Enough during the attack. and Which uh, is a bad, it's a bad cover of it. I would agree with that, yes. Uh, so, but we get to see all the characters in, like, action hero. Right. And Adam. Ugly Duckling is, like, gorgeous. Yes, like, yeah. They change everything. And Runt is, like, a full boar. And, like, yeah. It's and great. Chicken Little is giant with these big, broad and, shoulders. And, show. and uh, most importantly, Fish Out of Water has this, like, super high-tech, like, thing on his head it's awesome right, right. Mm-hmm. i will say i do like the the joke when it's like characters watching a, a fictionalist version of what's happening like in the austin powers movies <laughs> yeah and the muppet movie i think does it somewhat mm-hmm. i like stuff like that in comics where they reference like like in x-men comics where they'll 
have or no it's the x it's it's logan that i'm thinking about uh, logan and they have the x-man the x-men comic and that's like one of the yeah like, it's stuff like yes, that yes. that's really cool to me it's like uh, whoa get back here. what was i saying oh yeah and the most important fact about the chicken little the chicken little movie inside of the chicken little movie is that the chick that's that the um epic action hero chicken little is voiced by adam west and i just think and that's the he best goes thing by ever. ace ace this is his dad's nickname yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then we get the kind of at the end, they're, they're singing and they're doing Don't Go Breaking My Heart. Yeah, everybody cheers for Chicken Little at the end in the theater and everybody's kind of excited and happy. And then it kind of goes into the credits, yeah, with the whole cast singing. And so that's kind of the end. So we don't really have a villain to rank in this movie. Unless you consider Foxy Lossy. Society. Uh, yes. <laughs> or society, yes. Uh, but we do have our questions we ask every episode. Uh, so how is the princess? Uh, in this case, we're going to call the princess Chicken Little. Chicken Little is the princess. Yes. That's amazing. Because so, we're antagonists. That's how we uh, okay. So that's, yeah. So it throws people, yeah, when so we say that. but I, I liked him. I, I, I'm not the biggest Zach Braff guy, but I thought he was voiced very well. I liked the character. I liked how small he was. Mm-hmm. Like, and how they played on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think? Uh, I love... Uh, I love Zach Brass Foy's acting. I love the like ingenuity of Chicken Little, like the stuff with the soda, the like grabbing onto the car antenna and flicking to save Kirby, stuff like that. I just one of my favorite ones is at the end when they're going up the the tower and he uses he like licks his the thing on his head. <laughs> so weird. Oh like, yeah. And he, like, uses it. He's like, oh, it's like those like sticky hands. That's that he what I was thinking of. Yeah. They throw and they like go down the wall. Mm-hmm. So they were the sticky hands. Yeah. I agree with all three of you. I really like Chicken Little a lot. It was knowing all the details that they put into his feathers and his look. It was really fun to kind of watch that throughout and just the perspective of him being so small when he's in the giant baseball helmet and like holding the baseball bat and all the different ways that they have him move and use him I thought was really cool uh how was the prince who in this case I think is Abby you know my opinion on Abby I love Abby Abby. Abby's awesome sidekick and hint or henchman uh fish Fish out of water water. fish and run okay okay run is a bit of a Runt's fine. Runt's Runt, Runt, Runt's an, kind of an annoying character at times because it's like he's there as an attempted comic relief, and all they do is make like kind of fat jokes, and it's like, uh, why? Like, I, I also fish out of water would have been. Well, sorry. Uh, I also was gonna say I wanted to see the rest of his family that he's the runt of because he's huge. We see his mom at one point do when we? and she's yes, like and twice she's his bigger size. than him. Oh, I must have missed because that. when Chicken Little office. when yes when Chicken Little. Cries the sky is falling a second time. She pulls Runt away and is like, you really shouldn't get involved. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So and there's that moment. Like, she is and then she fairly large. And she threatens his Barbara Streisand collection. Yes. Which is great. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, I guess I just missed that. Yeah, I like Fish it's Out of Water. Uh, I think fish out, water, fish out of Water is a great character. Runt's, I mean, he's an okay character. It's just like his it, gags are always kind of cliche and like... It's either playing off of the fact that he has anxiety or playing off of the fact that he's overweight. And it's like uh, one of the things that was so cool about Fish Out of Water is he's actually he, he's like more like clever jokes. You know what I mean? Like because yeah. like, you can't hear him talk. So you got to do things with that. That's it, just like funny. And it's like, I don't know, whatever. Does tell you something about the dialogue and the writing of the movie that uh, like my three like favorite 
jokes or characters are the non-talking ones. Mm-hmm. So fish out of water, Kirby, and then the Secret Service dogs. Which we haven't talked about, but oh, the ones the that ones are showing, showing stars oh, yeah. there—that's my favorite joke. Yeah, I—I um, I think Runt was well performed. I don't know that I. You know, he was well yeah. performed. He was. I like kind of poorly written, but yeah, he was mm-hmm. well done. One of the things I think of when I think of like kind of the cliches that Runt portrays is when they're going down the hill and he's bouncing and he's just like burping and farting the entire way, and it's just like, oh my god, are you serious right now? Like. <laughs> Like, and again, I, I, I say all this with a pure, I love this movie, I, it's nostalgia, it's a dumb thing to do, and it was so Disney at the time, it was so like, it's, it was Shrek, Disney, it, yeah. It, yeah, it was Disney trying to imitate Shrek with like the fart jokes and stuff, and it's like, but like, why? <laughs> um, favorite musical number, mine was End of the World. Mine was the Baird Lincoln ladies because it was for yeah, the movie. The beginning. I also just love, as I was already saying, like I love the perspective of that, the way that's. I would say shot, but it's animation. But I'll still say shot anyways. Like the way it's shot with like the camera angles and stuff is really, really well done. And like the movements and stuff is very like fluid and going down with him and being like, oh, like look at this. This is how he travels. Like let really puts you in that character's feet and makes you really feel for him. Mm-hmm. What do uh, you think, Jack? Uh, Bare Naked Ladies is the better song, but End of the World fits better into the movie, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. I would agree with that as well. Uh, here's our questions about it holding up. Uh, does it hold up for female character agency? I think we talked about the two women characters that kind of like at the end got. I love that Foxy Loxy was the baseball star. I like that she was a woman baseball star. That was cool. We thought Abby was really strong, but yeah, in the end, they kind of did them both a disservice Mm -hmm. in their Mm -hmm. strong character traits. I think it's kind of both because, like, up until that third act, it very much is like strong character or strong strong female characters and then they like have those turning points and it's just like no right. never mind but like i would say yes. kind of like a balance between the two because i still think it is important to look at the fact that they did have those strong female characters even if they did get f- flustered by weird stuff at some mm-hmm. point yeah uh drinking and smoking there's none of that in this Mm-mm. movie uh guns and firearms none of Nothing. that in this movie ethnic representation they are all animals but it is a pretty white cast yeah, as far as the it's voice actors go. Yeah. I feel like, you know, something they could have done is hire a little bit more uh, diversity. Um, and finally, our big question, did you like it? If Would you like to have a nice clam shell edition up on your shelf, or do you lock it away in the Disney vault forever? Clam uh, shell. Sadly, we already own it. We yes. already, I can't, it is but in one of those two drawers. Don't at the say bottom. sadly. It's not sadly. Why sticking with sadly? Oh, okay, so other, you wouldn't own it yourself. I wouldn't, oh, I'd. I'd I'd like to rewatch it eventually, but I would not like to buy it. So it's being locked away forever in the vault. Yes. See, I have a drawer. No, you I don't have a drawer. I have a drawer because a vault choices. is too intense. A vault is Song of the South. A vault is the Peach Dragon movie. Oh, Which one? Peach Dragon. The original the... one. What? Yeah, guys, don't listen to that episode if you love the original Peach Dragon. Well, that's also I am we not watched a fan when we were really little with my dad who loved it as a but, kid. Yeah, so, so that's of, different. Yeah. It's again like a, yeah. Um, I apologize to all those who have nostalgia to Peach Dragon in that I episode. Would, I would have it in a clamshell edition on my shelf so that you if would? my nephew came over and wanted Aww. to watch it, no. I'd have it available. Yeah, that's very I, sweet. I, I the same thing. I have it literally. It's like in the drawer over there, and I am not. I will not say sadly because it is a masterpiece of film. <laughs> um, 
Um, I think that's very sweet, Ryan. I thought you were going to put it in the vault, so that's very sweet. No, it's another it, one of the things where it's like, even if like even if you guys watched some from when you were little, like you still like it's still important to you, even if you rewatch mm-hmm. it and you're like, oh, this is not as good as I remember it being, but it's still like it's still important. Like, like my dad like loved the um, the Amazing Spider Man or Spider Man and his amazing friends when he was oh, little, yeah. and then when you rewatch that, it's like the first episode's oh. like Green Goblin's gonna poison the city's water, and it's like what (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's like but it's still like a really like nostalgic show like it's it's yeah i just don't have that nostalgia factor for chicken little like there's a lot of stuff that i you know what you do have nostalgia factor for and that's kung fu panda because i made yeah because you burned it into their brain (laughs) it's so great um if y'all ever go to like Disney like XD shows or anything like that, which I bet you probably won't. But like, if you ever did, that's that's the stuff that Jack and I have the most nostalgia on. Like Lemonade Mouth, like I, Lemonade Mouth. Lemonade I know mouth. none of I that. Love I've never heard of that. You've never heard of no. Lemonade Mouth? Ooh. Usually, I've heard of stuff you guys. Lemonade like to Mouth watch, and Teen Beach, Beach movie, movie were the t- were the two that Teen we were. Teen Beach movie. Oh, you've never heard of either. Are they no. shows or are they're, 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 they're movies? They're movies. They're Disney original movies. Disney original movies from are there like live Disney action? XD. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I don't know a lot of the. Yeah, they're both, the, and I actually think both those movies still kind of hold up. Like, I know they're, you look at them Teen and Beach you can't. Movie 2 doesn't, Teen Beach Movie 1 probably it does. It does. That's a five-star, it's a five-star masterpiece okay. of cinema. Well, guys, Lemonade Mouth and Teen Beach Movie coming to an episode someday. You heard it here first from uh, the youth. Okay. Thank you guys. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for doing our podcast. Uh, we ask our guests at the end of every episode to, if they want to plug something, whether it be a personal project, uh, some piece of media you've enjoyed, which in this case could be Teen Beach movie. <laughs> or, or a video game or, or whatever. Or just a sentiment you want to put out there in the world. Please feel free to plug away. I want to plug the bad, like, 2006. Two, 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 2066? I love two, that year. 2006-ish uh, Chicken Little video game. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh is no. It, is it rough? It's it's really bad. I don't know. I looked up Chicken Little earlier today to look at the cast for this and I saw the video again. I'm like, huh, I've never heard of this in my entire I life. Have seen videos this must of it be and awful. It was really interesting. I'm about to say this is the, the year when I, pr- I probably worked for the company that put that game out. <laughs> um, well no, they had the Pixar movies. I don't know if they had the Disney license, but so they did a Bug's Life and stuff like that. Wally, I remember Wally. The Wally game was great. They let us play test that one before it came out. Oh, interesting. Wow. That's a great game. And then the Toy Story game was great too. I remember it was mostly just driving around and moving things around. Remember the Toy Story one where you like can go and like mine in the places and stuff. Right, we're right off of Human Revelation, which is what no. I would say. Go watch. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Those are very different. Th- I love how, like, I've watched y'all, and most people, like, plug, like, charities, or, like, they're, like... Well, most people are adults and boring, so if you guys want to plug video That's fine. No, people plug books and different Mm -hmm. media shows and things, so you're not far off. Thank you guys so much, and thank you guys for listening. We are... uh, Our next film will be the, the... Meet the Robinsons? Is that what it's called? I think that's the name of it. It's a great movie. Um, So listen for that. Always remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell a friend about our podcast. But until next time, we'll see you around. All right. Take care, listeners. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. 
If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is, too, at TRP Diaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after.